Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Be blessed as you listen. comes to hearing God's word. It's the most important aspect of a church gathering. Okay. Is when you go to uni, the most important aspect of your days in uni is your lectures. The most important aspect of church gathering is the teaching of God's or the preaching of God's word. Hello. So, that's important. The most important time of Christian gathering is the teaching of God's word. Say the teaching of God's word. The teaching of God's word. Now, the teaching of God's word is different from lectures. It's different from talk. So in church we don't give speech. We don't give a talk. We preach. It's different. Because Paul said that the the revelation of Christ was God has hidden it and has made me a preacher. 2 Timothy chapter 1 from I think verse 9. Yeah, God who has called us, or saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. It's not how good you are that determines whether God will accept you. Because he doesn't call us according to our works. That's good news. Because some of us have got some bad history. But thank God he doesn't call you according to your works. So, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. He has already planned about you. That's why you didn't die early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They almost, someone almost killed you. Yeah. But God intervened because he has a plan for your life. Yeah. Knowing that today you'll be in church. Yeah. According to his own purpose and grace. Say grace. Grace. This is very interesting. He didn't save us based on our works. That he saved us. He called us. So you are saved because he called you and you believed. Okay, but why did he call you? What, 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 what necessitated, what provoked the calling and he's saving you? He says, not your works. Not because you're so a good guy. You're a good girl. Oh, okay, I'm going to call. No. He says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose or plan. Wow. Say, God has got a plan for my life. Ah, I like to hear that. Say, God has got a plan for my life. So according to his own purpose, according to his own plan, not only plan, but in grace. Grace is God at work. God is just showing you favor. He says, so the reason why you are called is because of his purpose for your life and his grace, because his purpose alone can't work. Because the way you are and where you are coming from, he just has to have favor on you. So according to his works, sorry, according to his grace, His purpose and grace, which was given to us who are called. 
Where, did, where was it given to us? In Christ. As soon as you come into Christ, all the grace and purpose or the grace God can ever give you is loaded in Christ. It's inside Christ. Wow. If you don't come inside him, you won't get it. You can come to church, but if you don't get into Christ, you won't get a grace. Wow. It was given to us in Christ Jesus. Before you were born, God has already allocated grace for your life. Shout hallelujah. Way before you were born, way before you chose to come to church, way before you started trying to behave right. All the time you have been bad and naughty and watching porn and cheating on people and lying and stealing and being bad, Ibo and Shayo. All the time he has actually allocated graceful. That's why it's only the church that has got the good news. Because however you look at it, the good news didn't start with when you were born or when you started being good. It was started before the world began. Before time began, God has already allocated me. Me? (laughs) God, you made a mistake, said I knew. I know you think I did, but I didn't make a mistake. Given to us before time began. Thank you, sir. Is that the end of the story? Oh, let me show you. Look at the next verse. But has now been revealed. So these things that have been done before time began, given to us in Christ, is now revealed. How? By the appearance. When Jesus Christ came on earth, the manifestation of what God has loaded for us by grace. The Bible says that he then, uh, the word became, John chapter 4, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld the glory, the glory as of the uh, only begotten of the Father. Full, ah, it's not Mary who is full of grace, please. <laughs> Jesus was the only one who was full of grace. Grace has been loaded and he was full, full of grace. Every when you encounter Jesus, you are encountering grace. Great. That's why I said it was given to us in Christ because he's the one who was full of grace. Full of grace before time began. But now has been, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, and you know when he appeared, you know what he came to do? He came to abolish death. <gasps> How can a human being abolish death? <laughs> oh, this is too good. It says, uh, appearing of our Lord and say, who has abolished death? Not only abolished death, but he brought Ajay. When someone tells you about Ten Commandments, then you are too late. Ten Commandments, you are too late. This morning I was, I was teaching Galatians chapter 3, verse 21. He said, the commandment could not give life. But what you need is life because we are dead. The law. Is, is the law then against the promise of God? Certainly not. The law is not against God. No, 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 no. no. It doesn't contradict anything about God. 
It's just, actually, it is of God. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, there's no law that can give life. The law, do you know what the law gives? The law, only thing it gives you is demand. So when you come into contact with law, it's telling you what you are supposed to do. Right? Law only demands. Ah, Law only, that's why some of us don't just like law. Antinomianism is anti-law, anti-antinomianism. Law, no, nominism, deuteronomies, two nomos, two laws, deuteronomies. So antinomianism, antinomianism is that I don't like law, 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 law. I just, there's never a community that can exist without law. The stronger the laws, the safer everybody. Because human beings by nature, we are wild and selfish. If you don't put a law in place, I will come and take your dress. Because I like this dress. <laughs> some of you have already stolen somebody's wig with your eyes. <laughs> you just like it. You want it to be yours. So human, we need systems. And sometimes when I'm in a hurry, and I really have to get somewhere, maybe drop the children, and I'm late, and you see this person is driving slow and he stops and letting everybody in. You are wondering, ah! Sometimes, has it not been for the law you undertake? Oh, but law, law, because sometimes you are under pressure. If there are no laws, you do something that's not good for others. So you can't have human community without law. There's no human community that does not have laws about marriage. Oh, yeah. Anywhere in the world. You go and take somebody's wife. In some places, you see you somebody's wife, they will kill you out. Yes. So you can we get a lot away with a lot of things. <laughs> Every human community has some set of laws. Anyway. So antinomianism. Laws, a law is just asking you to do something. That's law. So the law makes demands and condemns. <laughs> you want to live by the commandments? Go on. Can you meet it? You can't. Sometimes you ask people, who is a Christian? Say, oh, someone who obeys the Ten Commandments. All right, let's get who is someone who obeys the Ten Commandments. Are you a Christian? <laughs> oh, no, but you can't obey all of it. Okay, how many? Someone who obeys about six. Okay, who is a Christian? How many of you have been able to obey about six? You might still find out that people are struggling. The law demands and the law condemns. So it says that if a law had been given which could have given life, it wouldn't have been put aside. That's what it said. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the law does not give life. Romans chapter 7, verse 10. It's interesting, isn't it? The law cannot give that. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. It it doesn't give you life. You you break it and it will kill you. Look at the next verse. This is very interesting. Daniel, sit down. For, 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 watch this. Oh, this is not my message. I have not even started my message. I want to put... I want to preach about love, 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 love. But, but look at this. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it, that it is talking about the commandment. 
Look at, let's go back, nine. Oh, but this, but this is not my message. I was once alive without law until they said, you used to have your driver's license. No point until they brought a law. Now it's 20 miles per hour. And you are not used to, you are only used to 45 per hour. <laughs> so if there wasn't any law about 20 miles per hour, you would have been fine. Fine. But a law came in. 20 miles per hour, and your car doesn't do 20 miles. It's only the lowest car do is 45. <laughs> so you lost your license. Say, oh. You, lo- you can imagine. But he said, I was once alive without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. <laughs> the next verse. He says that, and the commandment which was meant to bring life, I found rather bring death. The problem is not the commandment, it's something inside me. I ain't good, I ain't that good. So that's why you need Christ. You need to be saved, not based on your work, because you are too bad. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous, I came to call sinners. Ah, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, are you sure you came? He said, yeah, I came for the bad guys. I came for the bad guys, bad guys. Jesus came for us, the bad guys. Hallelujah. So he said the law brought death which was supposed to bring life. Verse 11. That's interesting. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed. Sin used the commandment as a murder weapon. The commandment that is supposed to help me, rather sin used it to hurt me. Why? Because something is inside me. It's called sin. It's sin. It's controlling me. So I can't, if you bring law, you are hurting me. So, Bible says that the law could not give life. The law only brings demands. It makes demands and brings judgment, condemnation. But Bible takes John chapter, whoo, John chapter 1 verse 4. That's so good. Let's all read it. Can you read this? Let's go. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It's really loud. In him was life, and the life was the light. Read it even louder. In him was life, and the life was the life of man. The Lord didn't have life, but somebody had life in him. That's Jesus. When Jesus came, life came. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47, 45, it says that the last Adam became a life-giving. Actually, he actually gives life. He became a life-giving spirit. He gives life, a life-giving spirit, a life-giving spirit. So if you have Christ, what do you have? If you have religion, you have condemnation. Because religion is just based on laws, making demand, 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 demands you can meet. So Bible says that Christ, he, God saved us not by our own works, but by the works, uh, by, by his own purpose and his grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time began but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Lord and Savior, our, our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. And watch this, he brought life. Ooh, what does that mean? He brought life, not only life. Excuse me, what's the meaning of immortality? How do you understand infant mortality? Yeah, die. Uh, the children that are born that are dying. Mortality. Mortality has to do with death. So, more. So it's immortality. So mortality 
has to do with death, dying, rate of dying, or ability to die, actually. Mortality. Immortality means not have the ability to die. And Bible says that Jesus Christ abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. Ah! Hallelujah! He brought it to light. In other words, he said it's available. It's available. You can live without dying. What? Really? Yes. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And look at the next verse. What? Whoever lives and believes in me. I love the scriptures. Hallelujah. He brought life and immortality to light. Okay, so let's go to where I started. Not of our works. <laughs> Pastor, are we okay? Not of our works. Our works we have done, but his purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But has now been, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Lord, our, Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life. I like that. It keeps, I get, it's a serious statement. Human being, and you say he's a prophet. Which prophet can abolish death? He says that the world, we are the sons of God, but the world does not know us because the world didn't know. First John chapter three, verse two. The world does not know. They don't know us. So, so your classmates don't know you are a child of God. They just see you as one of the students. They just see you as a neighbor. Even your own brothers and sisters see you as oh, just a family member. That's my brother. That's my sister. They don't know you actually, even though you are their brother and sister by blood. Now, because of Christ, you are now a child of God. He says that, behold, what manner of love? Say love. Say love. The, 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 it's, it's, it's a result of love that I've become a child of God. And he said, this love is too good. Yeah. You can't even call it Valentine. Because it's deeper than that. Yeah. Ah, he said, what manner of love? That means that we can't describe it now. <laughs> it's gone beyond definition. It's gone beyond human description. What manner of love the Father has bestowed? You know what it means to bestow something? What manner of love is this? It's like, you know, sometimes they put something on you. I wonder, what is it? We spend all our life trying to understand and appreciate this love that God has given. Because you are so bad and he saved you. No, no, God, God should strike you. But, but he came to say, don't worry, my girl. Believe in me, I'll help you. And your people you've had are saying, God, kill him. God, kill him. And God is not endorsing your bad behavior, but he's not using it against you. And he even knows more than those who are accusing you know. Because when people accuse you, they don't even know the real story. There's more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know what I'm talking about. When people accuse you, when you are caught, there usually is more. There's more that hasn't been seen. The ones that are in your head, no one will know. Yes. You are trying to steal, some, steal somebody's pen. And you took it and put it in your pocket. You know, and they caught you or you have taken somebody. But they didn't know. That you have actually planned not only the pen, you want to take his shoes. 
want to take his shoes and take his car keys. They don't know. You know, so they only will judge you based on the pen they saw they've stolen. But they, they are more, there's more. You've taken three pencils already. <laughs> so, so, men will accuse you, but they don't even know the real truth. If they knew the real truth, it would be worse for you. But it's God who knows the real truth, but in spite of that. Ah! Ah! Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. He has bestowed on us. He has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Whoo! That's, that's, like, that's like a tautology. That's an oxymoron. Me? What? Can you imagine if when our precious queen passed, you hear that David and me have been invited to become the next king? I said, These this guys. I'll be wondering, there's something wrong. No, 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 no. It's a scam. It's a scam. No, 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 no. This is, this is. How, me? The call? No, I said, no. Okay, hang, let me call you back. Because this is a scam. You are calling me to be the king? Why? Don't you know I, I was born in Accra? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll be wondering, what, what manner of opportunity? Why, why, why? Listen, if you have never asked the question about why me, God? You are not a Christian. Because when you become a Christian, suddenly it dawns on you, you are so bad and today you. Unless you don't know you are a child of God. That means you are not actually a Christian. You, if you understand what Christianity is, you will always feel like I'm on my knees. You are, you see, it humbles you. It humbles you. You don't even have time about people's mess. Because you, you are trying to understand why God should be so favorable to you. Am I preaching to somebody? Oh, preaching. What manner of love? You, are, you still are spending all your life trying to, you are fighting people in the church. You don't have time because you are, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not. Ah! People don't know, and you don't have to be bothered because they don't know. Don't worry the way they are treating you. They don't know. It's ignorance. They don't know. Because the world knew God, didn't know God. So when Jesus came, the world didn't know him, even though he was life. He has brought life, and he has come to abolish death, and brought life and immortality to light. Made it available that there are human beings who can live without dying. Even he said, when you believe in me, when you are alive, you, you will not taste death. What? You won't taste death. John chapter 11, 26. John eleven twenty six, please. Who, he, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Wow. Do you believe this? Yes, yes Lord. And he said that if you die, you will live. Look at verse 25. Why? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, death has lost its control. Hallelujah. Why? Because he has brought life and immortality to light. Oh, that's right. Right. Now I've said enough of that. Can I move on from there? 
the next verse. To which I was appointed a lecturer. What? A preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. That's what we do in church. We preach. We teach. We don't give talk to ask for your opinion. It's not lectures. It's not lectures. When we are preaching, I'm about to say something very strong. Some of you to take you some years to understand. When preaching is going on, your opinion doesn't matter. That's why the one who does the preaching must embed himself, immerse himself so much in God's word that his preaching becomes the expression of God's mind. Why do you give yourself to preacher who is not speaking the mind of God from the scriptures? As preacher without scriptures, ah! it's like a baba who doesn't cut hair. Do you want to know who a genuine preacher, an authentic preacher is? Check how much of scripture is speaking when he's preaching. When you are preaching, scripture must speak. So you can tell from the text, whatever he's saying is, is, is just mimicking what a text is saying, what a text is saying, what a text is saying, what a text is saying. I did a little bit of art in secondary school. My art master taught us, and he had coined his own word, lukudu. In art, you look and do. So if you see an arc, just, and if it's concave, do it concave. Don't do it convex when it's concave. So what you see, you do. The nose is like hippopotamus, just do it like that. <laughs> like a pig. <laughs> just do it like that. When you are drawing a pig, don't change the snout to like a cat. Look, do. Look, do. Look and do. A preacher's job is to look, say. Look, say. Look, say. So that what you are saying is actually a direct reflection of what is written. Then life can be given. So he said, as I was saying, in church we preach. In church we teach. We don't give talks. We don't give lectures. In church we preach. In church we teach. In church we preach. In church we preach. He said, I have made a preacher, a teacher. And he used a word, an apostle. An apostle. Thank you, Jesus. An apostle is somebody who has autonomy to speak on the behalf of another. So then, if I'm an apostle and I come and I say 18 plus 2 is 23, that is what the one who has sent me is saying. Even if he hasn't said that, what I say means that's what he's saying. So an apostle is someone who has been given authority to speak on the behalf of others, and when they speak, that is it. Wow. That is why apostles wrote the New Testament, and they wrote it, and that is the word of God. Wow. 
Jesus called 12 to himself. He made them apostles. An apostle is someone who speaks on the behalf. So when, whatever Paul said, some, here's some liberals. He said, but this is why it was Paul's opinion. It wasn't Jesus' opinion. Damn it. How do you divorce what Paul is saying from what Jesus is saying? Paul said that Christ will be, God called me to reveal Christ in me. Why do you separate him? He didn't live for himself. And if he was for himself, the things he wrote for himself didn't make it into the text. Anything he did for himself didn't make it. I think it's only 13 letters he wrote. He wrote more. In fact, when he wrote to the church of Colossians, Colossae, he told them, I've written another letter to those in Laodicea. Make sure you guys read that one. But that one is not scripture. So he didn't make it here. He wrote other ones, but he didn't make it here. And theologians even believe he wrote another letter to the church of Corinthians, 3rd Corinthians. But there's no 3rd Corinthians, but because that is not the word of God. That's just a letter. So yeah, Colossians 4.16. He said, said, now, while this epistle is read amongst you, that's Colossians is read amongst you. It's a letter. It's read amongst you. See that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So I've also written to, <coughs> to, La, to the Laodiceans. Get it and read, read it. But that one is not a scripture. So he didn't make it into the text. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. So an apostle, he said, watch this. He said, I have made an apostle. I made a statement that when we are preaching, when an apostle is preaching, shut up. You don't have, your opinion doesn't matter. You can say I don't agree, but no problem. Your opinion doesn't matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Apostle is someone who is speaking on the behalf of God. Political opinion does not matter. National national philosophy does not matter. And the things we are called to preach are things that no one can talk about. What what is it then? We are are called, it's there, it's in the text. He said, of which, put put it on the screen. Can, Can you imagine I've not started preaching in my life? To which? What? To what? Oh, let, let, let's read. To which I was appointed. So to, we have to find out that to which. Because he's been a preacher of something. He's been appointed a preacher, a teacher, an apostle of something, not anything. So we have to go back to find that. What was the to which talking about? Look at the verse before. Ah, but has now been God's plan to save us. To give us grace, to call us in Christ Jesus, that has hidden, was given before time began, has now been revealed by the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the, through the gospel, to which I have been appointed a preacher. The gospel, he has told us what the gospel is, the content of the gospel, how Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality. He said, these are the things I'm called to preach. Yeah. Your opinion does not matter. Other things, your opinion will matter because that's not my area. But what I have been called to preach, what a pastor should preach, it doesn't need public opinion. Is someone getting something? Some of you are looking at me like, (sighs) because you are used to public opinion preachers. No, Bible opinion preachers. But you, you know, you have to be sensitive about people and sometimes people are listening and they are not sure. So if you do that, they won't come. They should go. Yeah. <laughs> go! Go! 
and see who needs who. God doesn't need you. You need God. Pastor, I really. But can't you tell from how your life has been going? Your life has been going zigzag. Zigzag. It has never been straight. No life is straight. No life is straight. No life is straight. What did I say? No life is straight. The sign of life, when you go to the hospital and you look at the life machine, support, it goes like this. No life is straight. Your life is never straight. You need God to straighten. Your life is never straight. My life is never straight. No life is straight. So if you don't have God, your life will be like a roller coaster. Tell me I'm lying. Look at how young you are. Look at the things that have happened in your life. The drama. The drama sometimes, as young as you are, you can't even sleep. The drama. Life is full of drama. You need God for goodness sake. Humble yourself and admit that you need help. You need help. You think you are that pretty. People, you have many people think you are pretty. But you know, something is not straight in your body. One of your hip is higher than the other one. You only see it in the mirror. <laughs> Look, what, what, what I'm trying to say is that we all need help. Fundamental way of thinking has eluded you. So you haven't realized, in spite of all the problems in your life, your family, your health, you can't realize that your life is not at peace. Your life is not at peace. Your life is not at ease. You are only full of opinions. But look at the results in your life. Jesus said, if you don't believe me for what I say, let what I do let you know. You have to look at your results to tell whether you're on the right path. Do you hear what I said? Let your results advise you. Let the outcome of your life be the guide, whether you're on on the right path. You are going to Birmingham and you only see signs for Southampton. All the signs say Southampton, South Portsmouth, Southampton, or Bournemouth, 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 Bournemouth. You haven't seen one sign for Birmingham. You've been traveling for two, meanwhile, Birmingham from here, let's say it's about two hours or three hours. Two hours, and you've been traveling for one and a half hours, and one hour, 45 minutes, and you haven't seen one sign, Birmingham. He say, I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you are doing, please. You don't know what you are doing. And I'm standing here as a road sign to tell you, hey, there's no love in that boy. Hey, there's no love in that guy. Hey, stop it. You are heading the wrong direction. Hey, stop it, stop it. Signs on the motorway, but you won't listen. Yeah. Wow. And then after I crash, you say, If there's God, why am I going through all this? Wow. <laughs> you didn't follow the signs. Okay, now can I start preaching? <laughs> so I started by saying that when we come to church, it's about preaching. Preaching is on one hand. One end, but the receiving end. Preaching is meant to communicate revelation. Preaching is meant to communicate insight. Preaching is meant to communicate spiritual understanding, which brings more of God into a person. But the problem is, to be able to appreciate spiritual understanding, you need to first set your hearts for it, and then to pray for God to help you. Because the pastor will be saying, and all you heard 
was Job. You didn't hear all the other things about bringing life. So you see, Satan has deceived you. You didn't hear the core things they said missed you. You only heard your eye in somebody's wake. So before preaching, it is imperative and it's a healthy practice to pray. Like Paul prayed, that since I heard of your faith, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, 15, 16, since I heard of your faith and your love in the Lord, faith in the Lord and love for the saints, I did not cease to pray for you, making mention of my prayers and praying to the Father, verse 16, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of all this. It's a prayer topic. He said, oh, look, 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 look at the, look, verse 15. Look at verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love, say love. Love. Love for the saints. This is different from the Valentine one. Love for the saints. So when I heard of it, I do not, we do not cease. Verse 16, do not cease to give thanks for you and to make mention of you in my prayers. Then he began to talk about the prayer topic. So what's the prayer topic? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit. Say the spirit. The spirit. Say the spirit. the spirit. There is a particular spirit, the Holy Ghost, to the spirit of wisdom and revelation in your knowledge of him. Wow. So as you are knowing, human beings are blind. Yeah. That's why some people can argue against so many things. But it's because they are arguing from a... A blind man's position. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it said, The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Ooh, yeah. The God of it has blinded what? Not the eyes. Not the eyes. It's the mind. So you are well educated, but still blind. You are a professor, but still blind. You are very academic, but still blind. Please, because this, this, this thing about God is not based on natural abilities. It's based on the revelation revealed by the Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, but these things have been revealed or has been manifested by the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I read it earlier on. When Jesus appeared, some things were revealed, has been revealed. That means it was concealed it's always been concealed until you are in Christ. Some things can never be revealed. We will try to be talking to you. You hear talk. You hear speech. But you will hear preaching. So, it's important to understand that on one hand is preaching, but on the other hand, somebody needs a revelation. It must, something must be, as the pastor is preaching, certainly something, oh, Eureka, Eureka. Eureka, I got it. Oh God, suddenly, watch this. Suddenly, your feelings about God changes. It's like, some of you have been having that experience already, I know. It's like, wow, I actually like God. Sometimes you can't explain how you feel. It's like they are pouring condensed milk into your heart. You can't explain it. It's something, it's something. It may not be tangible, but it's authentic. It's real. It's, it's, you can't explain it. The Bible says, oh, test and see. The Lord is good. You, you, you don't have to tell. Test. You, you, if you are told, you won't get it like you, when you are tested it yourself. It's called a revelation. And for you to get revelation, 
It starts with prayer. So he said, I pray for you that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Not revelation of everything. In the knowledge of him. Oh, I know him. I'm understanding these things better. Oh, I love Jesus. When you have revelation, your love for God begins to go up. When you have revelation of Jesus, naturally, it boosts love. It boosts love. Today, I want to preach about the love of God. Oh, but actually, the love for God. The love for God. God loves us. But until we love him, there are things we never see. You have to love God. So he says that, I pray for you. Look at this again. Look at the text again. He said, I do not cease to make mention of you in my prayers. So give thanks and to make mention in your prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of him. For what? That the eyes, oh, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Suddenly, the scales are off. I can see. In Acts chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. Bible says that Ananias entered and he said, Brother Saul, that Jesus who appeared to you on your way to Damascus has sent me that I should pray for you and that you, your eyes will be open and you receive the Holy Spirit. And Bible says that scales suddenly. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Suddenly, something like scale fell off his eyes. And he said, I can see. Oh, I can see. When you come to church, that's what you have to pray for. Yeah. That you can see. Yeah. Bible says, Bible, Jesus wrote a whole letter from heaven yeah. to a church. Revelation chapter 3. He said, you, you think you are rich, verse 17, verse 18. You think you are rich and you have need of nothing. What? He says that because you say I am rich, I've become wealthy and have need of nothing. That's some people's story. Yeah. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. <laughs> you, you, you don't need anything. You don't need anybody. On what grounds? It's because your, uh, uh, your results in the exam? There are people who are doing better than you. God told Abraham, I will, Genesis chapter 12, verse 12, said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. You are not blessed until you are a blessing to others. True blessing spills over to affect others. Wow. All right, let's go back to what I'm saying. So, um, uh, uh, what was I been saying before I just went off to Abraham? Huh? The skills, yeah, revelation, thank you. So, he says that, yeah, become, I'm worthy, and do not know, ooh, that you are, you. this is Jesus from heaven. He said, you, he's pointing you. He said, you, you say you are rich. You are saying to yourself, I've become rich. I'm rich, I've become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. And you actually, you don't know that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind and naked. Say, oh, oh. That's Jesus. Writing to a church, how much more an unbeliever? <laughs> this is not me. The Bible. The Bible which your auntie's pastor never reads. 
It's my mother's church. But you are not reading the Bible. You have been going to your mother's church and you have been fornicating like a thief. You've been going there since you were born and you are not born again and you are still on the highway of hell. Stop playing this religion and introduce yourself to life for goodness sake and for common sense sake. Stop playing religion. Stop playing religion. Don't play religion when it comes to your future. It will hurt you. Especially when God extends a right hand to you and wants to help you. Humble yourself and grab it. Go for it. Oh, as um, my, you know, my family, all my family are, are Jehovah's Witness. And, uh, you know, they don't talk about Jesus, they talk about Jehovah. So, um, you know, my father would disown me. He won't give me part of his inheritance. The inheritance is an old fault. All right, so revelation is prayed for. So every time you're about to hear preaching, you must develop the habit of praying that God reveal yourself to me. Help me to capture more of you. Lift up your right hand. Everybody, say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus reveal, yourself to me reveal yourself to me as the word is taught. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible says that in 1 John chapter 4, it says, we love, not that we love him first, but he first loved us. What? We love him because... Why do we love God? Why do we love God? But why are you saying God loved me? Because he has bestowed love on you by not protecting you from dying. The kind of life you are living or you were living, he should have sent you to northern Syria before the earthquake. (laughs) Because you like going to places like that. But for some reason, when you were booking the flights, you made a mistake and you actually lost 50 pounds. So you just think, not knowing God was saving you. With only 50 pounds. <laughs> He's saving you. What kind of love is this? So the reason why we love him is because he first loved us. Revelation chapter 2. Watch this, watch this. Your work, every genuine work in God starts with love. For God. Because he has already loved us first. So, why would I love him? When you understand how, in spite of who you are and what you have done, he still has covered your back. One day you got so drunk, you almost fell from seventh floor. You, you knew you should have fallen, but for some reason, something blocked you, you and there are no rails. Balustrade, there wasn't balustrade, but for some reason, you never, something blocked you. Others went through what you went through and they didn't make it. Mm. What makes you think you are special? Mm. There's something that is written on your life. One. Purpose of God. Two, love of God. Three, the grace of God. 
So this is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. He said, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. So don't, don't follow your boyfriend. It hasn't entered into his heart what God wants to do for you. Don't get yourself attached to him and miss God. Don't get yourself attached to a girl and miss God. Because it has not entered into the heart. It's, it's your Bible. Nor has it entered into the heart of man. So the things God wants to do for you, it has not entered. Don't follow a man. The things which God has prepared for certain type of people, not all human beings. For who? For who? For who? When you love God, you give yourself your life an advantage. James chapter 1 verse 12. James chapter 2 verse 7. Let's look at that. Look at one or two texts and I'll end. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he, has, uh, when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to... Ah. When you love God, he makes a certain covenant to you. He makes a promise to you. He has some things reserved just for you. Why? Because you are a God lover. Never feel sorry for someone who is busy loving God. <laughs> Never. Never feel sorry for someone who is busy loving God. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. For um, Matthew chapter, sorry, 22. 22, verse 37, I'm sorry. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said to him, the man, somebody came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest of all the commandments? How are you? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God. All your heart. Huh? With all your soul. Don't divide your heart into two. Most love, what we call love, by boys for girls or girls for boys, is all... It's the Greek word for it is epithumia. Mm. I just want to use you for what I want. So you are using him, he's using you. Eventually, you will be full of anger, disappointment. Are you trying to say I shouldn't love him? Put your love where it needs to be first. Love God first. There is a love deficit in your love, your life that must go to God. One day God will ask you, you never loved me. You are talking about Ten Commandments. He said, leave the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your, not some of your heart. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second one is similar. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, on these two commandments, it's like a curtain. You know, when you want to erect a curtain, okay, that's a curtain. See, the curtain rails, they are hanging on some poles. The commandments, oh, the commandments, they hang on. So the curtains hang on the curtain rail. You can't just throw curtain up and they are there. They hang on something. The commandments also hang on these two. 
love for God, which then translates into love for others. Some people, what they are trying to get the church to do is love people. You can't love people effectively if you don't love God. When you love God, for the sake of God, you can forgive him. For the sake of God, you can forgive her. For the sake of God, you can help her. But it gets to a place when you don't love God, you do what you, based on your feelings. You, you act on your feelings. And you know your feelings are not always pure. Yeah. So don't let us put the cat before the horse. It's love for God first. Love for God first. He says, on these two hang, on the, on the second, on the, on the, the next, on these two hang, okay, on these two commandments, hang the law and the prophets. Everything prophets has prophesied. Everything the law has said about God, said God, all, all of it hang on just love God and love man. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Every genuine Christian have compassion for people. Yeah. Even those who have hurt you, when they are in trouble, it, it hurts you when you love God. Hello. Hi. So this whole love thing, let's put it in its proper context. I'm talking about love for God. God has prepared something wonderful for those who love him. Let me show you one. This scripture is very powerful. The first time I have to come back to my notes because there's something I want to show you. I said James chapter 2. We didn't even read it. James chapter 2, verse 5, not verse 7. I'm sorry, verse 5. Listen, my brother, listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has pro- which he promised to? It looks like God has something reserved for people who love him. Mm-hmm. He said he's promised to those who love him. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, when he was given us the uh, commandments, the Ten Commandments, um, let's look at from verse 5. It will make sense. Look at verse 5. You shall not bow down thy, I think verse, verse 4 talks about don't make graven images of anything on life. Don't make graven And then he said, you shall not bow down, verse 5. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of, uh, upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Bad news. Your father's attitude towards God and church is going to bite you. Your grandfather's attitude, your grandmother's attitude towards church and God is going to bite you. Your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather's attitude towards God and towards church and towards bad things, its proclivity for evil is going to bite you. He said that I will visit the iniquities of the fathers upon their children to the third and fourth generation. In fact, I need one more. So this is the first generation, second generation, third generation. Bless you. 
Fourth generation. So you are suffering, you don't know why. Things are fighting you, you don't know why. People are dying in your family. Your brother, young brother died. Young sister died. And after that, the, the doctor said you have, you have contracted some wild terminal illness. Where did this come from? Your, your, your father died in a car crash suddenly. It's like everything. You try to do a course. When it's time for exam, you get hospitalized. It's like every time there's something negative, many negative things. And it's not only you. It's happening to other members of your family. Your mother has struggled, 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 and now is blind. And your, father, your mother's father was even too poor. Once he was so rich, he became so poor, he started eating pig food. Now, so you can see that there's a trend. And when you go back, it says that I visit the iniquities of the fathers unto the children, unto the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. When you hate God, it's your generations that will suffer. You hate God? I don't do God. No problem. Go. It will meet you. And not only you. So some of us, the point is, your grandfather was a fetish priest, was a murderer, was an arm robber. Your great-grandfather was an arm He has murdered many people. Listen, the, the repercussion hasn't left the family. That's why you need to run to Christ. Your mother collected somebody's husband. Yeah. You, you are innocent. You haven't done anything wrong. She just fell in love with the guy. And the guy lied to her and then later on found out that he's married. But she said, no, I'm too much in love with you. I can't. And collected somebody's husband. And the woman later on got so depressed, got sick and died. And cursed your mother and her children. <laughs> See, you have been born into a battle you didn't start. You've been born into a fight you didn't start. And you are telling me you don't need Jesus. You should be the first person to run to Jesus. Look at this. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the third and fourth generation. But that's not the end of the story. Ah. What's that? Look at verse 6. But. Shout mercy. Mercy. Shout mercy. Mercy. Who does he show mercy to? So it could be that your grandfather hated God. Your, your mother hated God. But you love God. God will show you mercy. So that means that what, what they did, which you're supposed to hurt you, because of your love for God, God shows mercy. Ah. God quickly comes when you are supposed to get into trouble because of your, no, no, it's okay. Because of your father's mess, because of your mother's mess, when you deserve to be punished because of the visitation of the iniquity. God, because you love God, God quickly comes and covers you up. And he himself deflects the judgment. Because he said, no, not this one. This is a lover. You can't be a God lover and go down. It's, it's, it's incompatible with the nature of God that anyone should love God and go down. From my youth, I've loved God. Can't you see I love God? Mm. This thing is not preaching I'm doing. I went to school to be trained. That thing has eaten me. Yes. Even if you don't say amen, it doesn't affect me because there's a lot of amen loaded in my soul. 
I am a God addict. I I, I love God. I love God. I love God. I love when you cut cut my blood. Love, 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 love. I, I love God. So even if I say something wrong, my love for God gives me some immunity. My love for God covers me. Ah, I feel like preaching. My love, see, sis, your love for God will be your biggest immunity in life. Your greatest immunity and security in life is your love for God. Your love for God. You are not, you are not low when you love God. You are not stupid when you love God. The world makes you look at, you're doing church? Ah, it's not for me. Really? What is for you? Tell me what is for you. And let's just check what guarantee he has for your future. Your future is uncertain. I can tell you my future is secure. Sir, it's nice to see you. Can you, can you imagine? I'm, I'll be 50 this year. Watch this. Watch this. I'll be 50 this year. I've been born again for about 33 years. I have never suffered actual sickness. Never. I don't, when I fill forms, ask for health conditions, I, I don't have any problem. Not, not nothing. I don't have it. I'm not saying if you have it, you are bad or something. No, I'm trying to tell you. This is, when before I become born again, secondary school, boarding school, every time I will be sick. Every time until I got born again. They made me the, the, the leader and the captain of the sick bay. It was a boarding school, so when people are sick, there's a place. Sick bay. The school nurse was working with me after I became born again. Because when, and the school nurse said something. He said, looks like since you became, you started overseeing. And when people come, they don't, sometimes when you are sick and it's not good, they rush you to hospital. Eventually, you go to main hospital. But since I got to the sick bay, people who get there, they don't go to hospital. They go. When they get there, they go. My, my, my loved ones, I'm telling you, it pays to love God. Yes. I am a beneficiary and I am a living evidence yes. that it pays to love God. It pays to love God. Because God has things for people who love him. And he says that he shows mercy. <gasps> you have done some wrong things and you're supposed to get into trouble. But God, because of your love for God, he shows mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Do you love God? This season of Valentine, you have to determine where your love is going. If it means a girl must go, I'll advise you, so be it. If it means a boy must go, especially those girls, they don't let boys go. Some girls, you say, I will die with him. And then later on, you are saying that he's a wicked man, he's a stupid man, he's trash. You are a bean. That's why you are attracting trash. (laughs) Yes. You are a big bean bag. (laughs) But more seriously, love God. 
Let me give you one more scripture, then I'm done. You want something to love? Don't be looking for someone to love you. You'll be vulnerable in life. Look for who to love. Start with God. And automatically, 1 John chapter 4, verse 21, it will automatically flow into loving others. Do you see that? If you love God, you must love your brother also. You can't say, I love God and I hate somebody. It, I, it, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's like, it's not real. It's not real. Let me add this last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse, um, verse 3. It's such a nice scripture. <laughs> Let's all read it together. NIV. Let's go. New Living Translation. Message. Let's go back to New Living Translation. Let's go. People are suffering. Okay, there are 500 people here. And something. Do you know who God recognizes? <laughs> that plane will not go down and crash because a God lover is in it. That sickness outbreak, that outbreak of sickness that is killing people will not come near you because you are dead. When you are traveling and you are in a train and a, 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 a suicide bomber or Islamic fundamentalist comes and wants to blow the train because you are in it. Because you are, the bomb will not go. Pastor, how do you know? I'm telling you, realities of life. I've lived it. I've lived it. I've lived it. You who say, hey, all these things, I don't believe. I'm healthier than you, yet you are twice less my age. Healthier than you. I don't, I don't take medication. I don't even get the privilege of taking food supplements. I'm blessed. The mercy of God is covering me. It doesn't mean I don't take responsibility and I eat every chicken and chips. No, that, that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is I do my part. But there are some things that you are not in control of in life. You can't be in control of the blood test results. Can you be in control of it? They tell you that, wait. Um, so, so you know, when you go and do a blood test, they call you back to the hospital. Is it not a worrying situation? They call you. You can't say, no, no, no. I will determine what the results will. You can't determine it. They will tell you. Sometimes the doctors will tell you scary things. That what we saw in your stool, it looks like early stages of cancer. God forbid! But you know what? You are still not in control. That's what I'm talking about.
I've been working with God, not doing church. I'm not saying I come to church and I clap and dance. That is baby talk. Real, get real. Get real. I come to church and I actually love God. And it shows the way I treat my wife. Shows the way I treat you. Shows in the way I treat others. Guys, you see, I like touching people because I actually love people. I love you. I love, I love you. I wish I could open your heart and pour good things into you. Some, you won't know how much I love you until something tries to take your life and you see. I love you. Sometimes I say some things, it come across harsh, but I don't mean it in an offensive way. Sometimes you need to annoy somebody to come out of problem. Yes. Do you understand? I, some, but I, just, I, just, I, I love God so much. Eh? When I see you, I feel so blessed to see you. It's just the love thing. And don't let me talk like you just get up and you love people. Because sometimes when you're in love with somebody, wrong person, it can be a problem, you know. Yes. When you see their picture, you can't sleep. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and when you see them, your heart... You sometimes waiting for them to just send a message. Oi, oi. Why are you ghosting me, big head? <laughs> so it's, it's, the reality is that sometimes you feel it. But there's a higher reality. If you can start exercising your love towards God, it brings you mercy. It opens you up for the things that God has reserved for people who love him. It protects you in life. You, you, God recognizes when people are praying, it's you God hears first. Because God knows, God knows those who love him. Love God. This is of love. Love God and let it flow in loving people without strings attached. On a day like this, if there's something I want to remind you of, is that he first loved us and we love God. You can't be a Christian if you don't love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. said, love the Lord your God. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. What does it mean to love God? When, when you have given yourself for God and God becomes a priority in your life. It's not just about feelings. It's about reality. God has become a priority. Your life is occupied with things about God. You just want to go closer to God. It begins to direct and guide your life. Then things that people don't know, God begins to show you. It pays to love God. Amen. Did you receive something? God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carish Church on YouTube and to listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry on social media. Find David Entry on Instagram and TikTok at davidentry underscore. And find our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat. Be blessed.